were celebrities and known to be single and had difficulty getting in and remaining in relationships. And so, what? what is it? <laughs> is this Harry still running? That's Harry. <laughs> Come on this show. Like, do you need another contestant? Yeah, that's not going to work with women. Yeah, uh, I realize that's why I'm single. I guess this is more of a therapy session for me than a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> What's going on, you little chicken nuggets? Welcome back to the podcast. Look, today we have a very exciting guest on. If you uh, recall, I used to do like Love Doctor and stuff like this on my Instagram, but I'm actually not a trained professional and I have no idea what I'm talking about. So we thought we'd actually get a professional on. We have Dr. Darcy. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Look, we, we had a, a bit of a slow start. We were here. Uh, we're ready to roll. Um, you're in New York, yeah? I am. Look at your backdrop. It looks, we're just saying her backdrop looks so professional. Yeah. It, looks... it does, but it's so not me. It's like, it's like the, it's, it's the equivalent of like filler artwork. It was temporary. It was just intended to take <laughs> up the wall. And then I was going to replace it. And then the pandemic came. And then like, you know, I've just not like, you know, it's just been crazy for therapists during the pandemic. <laughs> so there's been, I've had bigger problems than the artwork behind me, <laughs> but it's just does not reflect who I am. So it's so weird. How, so how did you uh, get to the point that you're, cause yeah, you're on, uh, you have an e-news show. Is that right? Or you're on e-news or something you work with Paulie D like a whole bunch of big people. I have a television show that ran on E for several seasons called famously single. And it was a show that brought people who were celebrities and known to be single and had difficulty getting in and remaining in relationships. And this, so, what? what is it? Is this Harry show still running? That's Harry. <laughs> Come on this show. Like, do you need another contestant? <laughs> yes. Um, and so I, and they came and they lived under one roof for a month and I taught them dating and relationship skills. It was a great show. Right. Cause we, we kind of, I feel like celebrities tend to have the, the problem where they just sleep with everyone. Or maybe that's just, I don't know what goes on <laughs> in my world. Um, I, I, I think that's a universal problem. I think the problems that they had were, uh, were more universal and, um, you know, all the problems that people have in relationships, whether they're celebrities or or normal people or non-celebrity people, the, the relationship problems are all the same. They're yeah. always the same problems. So, And celebrity just magnifies it. For the audience at home, uh, what's your uh, background? So I have a master's degree in um, social work from Columbia University and a PhD in social work from NYU. And I have a private practice that's been running for a million years um, in New York City. And for the last 10 years, it's been global, um, both international and global. Wow. So we've been working with people online long before the pandemic, which, you know, was was fortunate. We got lucky because we didn't have to then transition into how to do this whole online healthcare thing the way so many other people did. And how did you, I guess, get to the point where, you know, you have this show and you're bringing in like celebrities and trying to give them uh, help on their, on their love life? 
what I've done throughout my career is teach people relationship skills. The first half of my career, I spent working with teenagers and teaching them and their parents how to communicate, how to resolve conflict, how to set boundaries with each other, how to be, how to disagree without being hateful to one another. And as I, I guess I, you know, I moved to New York maybe 15 years ago. And when I moved to New York, I just organically started attracting young adults and found that the same skills that I was teaching teenagers and their parents, I was teaching young adults. And when it came time for me to sort of uh, hone in on what exactly is my specialty, I was like, I really basically just teach people tools so they yeah. can coexist and get along pretty well. And, and if they can love each other, that's like the cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah. So there are relationship skills and it doesn't matter what people come to me for, whether it's professional, personal, romantic, everything I do boils down to teaching people how to get along with one another. Wow. Do you, do you feel like you, is it all like a lot of, a lot of it, is it from like personal experience in your relationships or like, do you kind of like try and separate work and your personal life? Because I couldn't, I feel like it would be very hard, especially in your position, knowing as much as you know about relationships and like not trying to like be like, hey, I'm right. Yeah, you could gaslight your partner pretty easily. Yeah, very easy. I could, except she's a couples therapist. So oh. that would not work. <laughs> oh, shit. Nice. So which yeah. celebrities got the biggest, the most dirt? <laughs> What is that? What do you mean? Like, which celebrity had had the worst relationship issues, and and what was it? I mean, I honestly <laughs> didn't evaluate them through that lens. Um, I saw what they presented with throughout the show. Everybody had um, great challenges. Um, what did you think the biggest relationship challenges were among them? I, I think I think with with. Uh you know, an audience and having eyes on you all the time, I feel like it's, you know, it must be pretty hard to try and uh, navigate who's around you for the right reasons. And I'm sure that's kind of like a, a problem that, that always, always would, would arise with the celebrities and stuff, but mainly that was absolutely universal. That was 100% a universal problem, trust yeah. and wondering why people were around them, what they were there for, what they were hoping to get out of them. Were they there for earnest reasons or were they there to, you know, jumpstart their own career path? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that was, but I mean, you know, before you had your first show, I'm sure you wondered the same things. Like, why are you into me? What do you want from me? The Again, it's like, the same problems that people come to their platform with before they're known are the same problems that they struggle with once they become known. Celebrity just illuminates the problems. Yeah. And what was your what's your experience been like? You have a before and after. Yeah, I think that before, um, I, I essentially I was just I was sleeping around as much as you know to put it blatant uh, when I was living in New Zealand. I, I was just university, like college life. Like I was just going crazy. And then uh, when I went on tour at the handle, it made me realize actually what love is and what I actually want and uh, that feeling. And you can't really replace that. And then I guess it was a little bit harder coming off the back of the show because it was a global show and there's a lot of like eyes on it. And I guess I was very hungry for that feeling again. So I would like try 
as many people as possible to try and find that feeling and it didn't really work out for me it was uh yeah i i think it, it made me want and and have a craving for love and a relationship and i every time i get close to that i would try and cling on to that feeling and then it wouldn't uh it it, it wouldn't work out for for whatever reason but yeah i i think that uh you know i think trust has always been for everyone it's it's just a massive a massive factor and I found that actually recently having quality time with someone was probably my biggest, like my most valuable love, love language for sure. Cause I, I think especially in this city as well, it's, it's very easy to, I don't know, lose trust or like, I just feel like when someone's around me, I, I really feel like they care about me. Did you notice um, a shift in your ability to trust women from before you had, you know, before you were well known to after? Yes, yes, for sure. I I found that, I, I th yeah, I think it's a little bit harder to trust. I guess when there's a, a lot more eyes on you. When I was before the show, I was a little bit more carefree and I kind of just, uh, you know, didn't really mind. But then after, I I guess it also comes with people like breaking that trust as well. And I had, uh, you know, getting cheated on and a whole bunch of other things where it kind of just uh, added to that added to that feeling. Mm -hmm. And getting cheated on did it carry over into future situationships yeah i think to be honest um it's hard because i always i always have the motto where i'm like never let someone like a previous relationship define your current relationship or you know mm -hmm. never put that energy that someone else gave you onto someone new it's a new parent new person fresh experiences but obviously you still have a little bit of like I don't know, you're kind of like on edge, edge a little bit. So I've always, I guess, when when there would be a couple of things that wouldn't add up, I would quickly jump to that conclusion that like, oh, okay, maybe they're being unfaithful or maybe they're going somewhere else. Right, right. It's hard. It's hard to start the next relationship with a clean slate, isn't it? It's hard not to make the next partner pay the debt of the last partner's wounds that they inflict on you, whether they, whether they mean to or not, yeah. you know? everybody's broken. You get two broken people together. If you're just a couple and not a thruple, it's yeah. a whole other podcast, I imagine. <laughs> but, you know, and, and you know, unintentionally harm each other because we've not healed the stuff that we left home with. How, how would you, how, how do you think is the, be the best way to navigate through that feeling when you've just been cheated on and you're just moving forward to a new relationship and you're trying your absolute hardest to not project that or push that onto the new person? I love that question. And I hate when people answer questions by saying, that was such a great question. <laughs> so that's my version of that answer without sounding like a, feeling like a hypocrite. The, it's really, really difficult to do. And I think that there needs to be, there needs to be a break in between relationships so that you can do some healing in between and not rebound right onto the next one, because even though that would be such a welcome distraction, mm -hmm. you are gonna wind, if there's not a break and there's not a pause for reflection, you are gonna wind up projecting onto the next partner, you know, all the distrust and mistrust that you're understandably le leaving the last relationship with. Yeah. I guess my definition of trust is a little bit different than I think what we think of when we think of trust. When I think of trust, I think of, so the first few months of a relationship, we're dating, 
we're, I'm doing due diligence. I'm making sure that the words that come out of your mouth line up with the behaviors that I see. That when you say you're going to do something that you're following through with those things. And I am particularly in the first like 90 to 120 days, I am a Virgo. I can't help but like map things out in a spreadsheet in my mind. So like (laughs) quite literally, I'm not just throwing that out as a random number, like quite literally 90 to 120 days. I am looking to rule the person out. Like I'm trying to drill down beneath the the way they go through life and try to hone in on what their character traits are. So if you're somebody who, you know, if I'm somebody for whom like personal growth and development is very important to me, I want to be with somebody who mirrors that that character trait Mm. and it doesn't have to look the exact same way that it looks on me it can look on the other person like they don't necessarily have to be in like hardcore therapy to scratch that itch in me are they learning a new language are they learning something new are they are they passionate about learning are they passionate about growing themselves are they able to reflect on themselves critically and like share a story with me about how work went and be like yeah i was a real asshole like yeah. in hindsight, I find that to be incredibly compelling early on in telling me what the character traits are of the person that I'm dating. What I'm at a certain point when I decide that I'm committing, I look at trust as being the decision to decide okay, I've done my due diligence, this person's actions appear to line up with what they showing what they've shown me of themselves yeah. and it's a it the trust that i feel is not in my ability to predict my wife's future behaviors because i can't even predict my own behaviors right. i don't know how i'm going to feel or behave tomorrow what i'm trusting is that i can survive however she's going to behave right or whatever she's going to do. So it's not, we think of trust as this, as as being, you know, when you trust somebody, it means that you can predict how they're gonna feel, how they're gonna behave, what they're gonna act like at some future point. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous because none of us can do that even for ourselves. When we make a commitment to one another, we're really saying for the foreseeable future. We're right. really not capable of saying forever. We have no idea what forever is going to look like. Yeah. And we are going to change so many times throughout our lives that the person that they're going to be with is going to be a different version of us a few times over, even if we make it to the end of our lives, yeah. which hopefully is down the road. But that's the deal with trust. I don't think, I think we have a misconception of trust in society. It cannot be about having a crystal ball and knowing for sure that I'm not going to be betrayed. At a certain point in life, after dating someone, you make a decision to trust, you close your eyes and you jump. There are no guarantees in life. It's like getting a job. When they hire you, they're not saying, hey, we're going to have, like, you're tenured or you're going to be working for us forever. It's like, okay, keep doing what you did during the interview. (laughs) And you're going to have a job. But if you stop doing that, we're going to have to have another conversation. And that's the reason why most relationships end because they don't continue. People don't continue doing what they did early on. They think that they can just chill and rely on 
the endorphins and the neurochemicals that happen as we're falling in love and rely on those feelings to float us. But there were behaviors and words and, and all kinds of things that engendered those feelings in us early on. And if you stop doing those things, i.e. dating and seducing each other, mm. the relationship's going to wither, you know? And my, so my question on that as well is, in, in previous relationships, I've always had the mentality, like if nothing changes, nothing changes. Like if we're not happy right now, like how do we, how do we keep moving forward? So my biggest thing is I found that it's really difficult to try and give constructive criticism or like try and be like, hey, like I don't appreciate that you act this way or you do this. How do we move past it together as a team? Because I always try and have the mentality like we're a team. The problem doesn't belong here. So how can we work together and get rid of that? How do you, how would you, how do you think the best ways to bring up uh, or word like, hey, you're doing something wrong. I don't appreciate it. So feedback and criticism is just a poorly phrased request. Right. I would, <laughs> I would suggest that, you know, and we all do it. I am myself included. We, if you can think about what you want instead, mm-hmm and phrase it as what you want. So, hey, you know, remember the last time that we had to, you know, run to the store and we were in this aisle and this, this, and this happened. The next time that happens, would you mind doing X, Y, Z? And that way you're telling, you're giving them the path of what you want rather than telling them what you don't want because telling them what you don't want doesn't actually give them give them a roadmap to meeting your need. Right. Okay, cool. And then the the mentality of you have to get under someone to get over someone. Do we like that? And, and, and let me just dovetail on that for and say one more thing. When we do give feedback, because, you know, everybody will fuck that up and yeah. still give feedback, even though I've said you should phrase it in what you want, not what you don't want. So I think that when we do give feedback, because invariably we all wind up criticizing our partners, yeah. it's so important to speak from a feeling perspective rather than a you perspective. If this episode is making you reflect, maybe think about what's going on in your personal life, maybe you want to talk to someone. Yeah, this is a perfect episode to have this ad. Perfect. Dr. Darcy, Talkspace, you see... Have you been listening to Harry learning and, and getting better at dating and shit? You could also have that. Yeah, this this could be you in this position. <laughs> learning with your mouth open. Yeah. Mouth breathing and watching Dr. Darcy. So Talkspace, essentially, it is a one-stop shop to help your mental health. Uh, there is therapists available 24-7. You can mes- uh, message them whenever you want. The app puts you in a private room. So it's just you and your therapist fully encrypted so the messages aren't going anywhere i actually prefer online therapy too because i travel so much and so mm. it's good because i can stay consistent with my therapy too which yeah. is awesome you can you can message them 24 7 yeah so it's like if you if there's something coming up that's like you don't need a full hour no. to talk to someone you can just shoot them a message and just kind of there's just somebody available to, to talk to 100 percent. it's it's so easy there's always something there and Facing all those obstacles in life are never easy. We all have ups and downs. And the best thing you can do is is reach out if you're ever feeling overwhelmed or if you just 
need someone to vent to because getting that weight off your shoulders, you're just going to feel 100 Yeah, life's, life's fucking hard. We got COVID. We got all this shit. Chlamydia. It's like, uh, everything's going around, you know? It's like... Uh, yeah, it's it's so important. I think it's important to talk. It's like, do you go to the gym? You mm-hmm. should go to therapy too. Your mental health will actually, I think, make you more attractive to people too. Yeah. If you have like a good mental, hundred percent. If you're in a good state. So join Talkspace today and start moving forward with a single message. Just visit Talkspace.com and get a hundred dollars off your first month when you use the promo code. Tap in at sign up. That's a hundred dollars off at Talkspace.com promo code. Tap in. Wait, you shave your armpit? I fully destroyed the hair in my armpit. Did you use the lawnmower 4.0? <laughs> yes, I fucking did. We're back with Medscaped. I wanted to look, to be honest, I was kind of bored at home. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder how well these could handle this terrain. Yeah. And there's a lot of hair and it's kind of like sticky. Like, um, yeah, armpit whole, hair yeah. Is, yeah, armpit hair is tougher than... Normal than, hair. Yeah. And it smashed it. It fully deleted all that hair like it was nothing. That's awesome, It dude. even had a light on it so I could really like see in the crevice. Oh, that's great. It was great. But not only do they have the lawnmower 4.0, they have like, a signature collection. What, what do they got? They got the full grooming um, sleeve for you if you want to look good, smell good. They got body washes. They got the whole Ball deal. toner, refined cologne. There's so much that goes on. Uh, yeah, one stop, dude. It's a one-stop shop. Yeah. And that's why we have sweet-smelling holes and balls. <laughs> <laughs> Everything smells like a dream over here. They've yep. got the the whole shebang. You know, there's actually like a nice little process to have in the shower. Yep. You know, you trim shit up. Give yeah. it a toner. Trim your butthole, fellas. Yeah, please. Put a leg up. Why do you want to have a hairy arsehole? Like yeah, like poo gets stuck to it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to be graphic, but that's, <laughs> that's just the that's truth. That's nature. Yeah. You know, you got to have your lady out here walk around with a clean arsehole. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, Let's exactly. beat these ladies out there in game. Let's have <laughs> clean assholes ourselves. Yeah. That's everybody. You know what? Let's be more like Japan and have clean assholes. <laughs> <laughs> okay so if you want to be like japan with a clean arsehole get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code tap in at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code tap in happy new year to your balls fuck that was good (laughs) so phrasing it as and I think that I'm going to wind up saying something similar to what I just said a moment ago. Give me a second to think this through. <laughs> when you walk through the door and you don't take the time to take a beat and greet me and just like make eye contact with me and hug me and kiss me and just give me like a minute and 30 seconds, it makes me feel like I'm not important to you. Do you think you could do that? So in that example, instead right. of saying, when you walk through the door and you've got a flat face on a flat look on your face and you're just preoccupied with what all the shit you have to do right now to like drop your bag, wash your hands, do whatever you need to do. I find that really rejecting. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about me by saying, when you walk through the door, if you could just take a beat and and greet me yeah it would make me feel much better because when you don't 
I wind up feeling. So talking about feelings, getting away from facts. Most of us want to say, you know, when you walk through a door, it's pretty normal to like greet your partner. Mm. It's pretty reasonable to like hug your partner. And that's a way of giving feedback uh, while protecting ourselves. Right. I'm not really thinking about my feelings. I'm not telling you how that makes me feel when you walk through the door and you're just like on your phone or you're preoccupied with whatever you have to do next. And your partner can debate that. Well, you know, in my house, people would, you know, we gave each other a half hour before we had to talk. You know, it's like, it's like that first thing in the morning rule, you know, we, we were silent. We don't necessarily have to converse for like the first 20 minutes when we wake up because we know we're in a bad mood. That's how I grew up. I, I disagree with you. So facts are debatable. People can debate facts and that's where we get in conflict in relationships. But if, if you just tell the person how it makes you feel, yeah, you're more likely to um, stir up some empathy in them and some willingness on their part to do what you need. Yeah. And then if also, you also, I would argue that I know that it's difficult to do this in relationships. It's very difficult to do this in relationships, but you're not creating the safety in the relationship. When you do that early on in a relationship, when you give, when you are forthright with how your partner is making you feel, and the extent to which you are or are not having your needs met, you're sending a message to her that says, I care about you enough, enough to try and remedy this, to try and fix this. And so I'm leaning into this relationship in the hope that we can, you know, you can meet my needs because we come from different worlds. Nobody comes together knowing what the other person is going to organically need or want. Yeah. And what they need and want is based on their history, which you don't even have any experience with because you just met the person. And when you're, when you're in a, uh, a confrontational situation that starts to arise, how do you think is the, the best way to kind of de-escalate that would it be like to walk away go sit in your corner you know have a break or just charge at the rhino head on like how would you go about it so i'm going to do this with you um rather than give a blanket explanation okay. um when you are in conflict what is your style would you do normally head right in do you when i usually uh in conflict i'm not I'm not very I'm not very good at it, so I, I kind of just try and make the situation funny. So for me, like, I'll I think that's why I probably get in in uh, in issues with girls is because they feel like I'm not taking them serious. Because for how I I just don't like to ever be sad, so I just want to be happy all the time. So when we ever have like arguments or whatever, I'll just try and make the situation funny and maybe that's not the right way to go about it. <laughs> I mean, if history is, it sounds like history has shown you that. <laughs> yeah. um, so what I hear you saying is that you're conflict avoidant and you don't necessarily freeze or fight. You try to, you try to neutralize the situation with humor. Yes. Yeah. That's not going to work with women. Yeah. Uh, I realize that's why I'm single. <laughs> definitely not. Definitely not going to work with women. Women want to be heard. And they right. want to be understood. You can crack the joke at the end. 
I love humor, obviously. I think that's obvious. I love to laugh. Nothing makes me happier than laughing. But you want the person to know that you're hearing them and that what they're saying to you makes sense to you. I'm going to give you like the most basic tool in the world to use. Just tell her, paraphrase back to her what you hear her saying every couple of sentences. It's going to do a couple of things. It's going to slow down her pace because she's not going to feel like she has to get it all out and slam you with her feelings all at once because you are focused, you are in the moment, and you are engaged. And that's going to slow down her whole nervous system because she's going to slow down and she's going to start to calm down. And it's going to tell her that you're paying attention because you're able to tell her. So what I hear you saying is you you really resented it when I told you I was going to show up an hour ago and 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 here I am an hour later right. and you wish I could have texted you. Is that right? And you wait for her to say, yeah, that's right. And then you say, tell me more. And you do that until she's completely done. And I know that it can feel in those moments like that moment is never going to come where the person, the partner is ever going to reach the end. But the more frequently you do this, the more light, the faster she's going to deescalate because right. she's not going to have a whole laundry list of shit that she's trying to get at you because this is the one moment that she has your attention. Right. So if you can paraphrase back what you hear her say, you're, you're communicating to her, I hear you and you matter enough to me to be here in the moment and then find something about what she said that makes sense to you. Like, okay, and I can, I can understand that it makes you feel unimportant when I tell you I'm going to be there at six o'clock and I show up five after seven. Right. That makes sense to me. I, I, I understand your perspective and I will, I will do that moving forward. Right. That's it. It's those two things. You, it's called mirroring, where you give the person back the words that they just expressed, and then finding something about what they just expressed that makes sense to you. Ah, oh, this is so smart. This is, I guess this is why you're an expert. <laughs> you also look so scared. It doesn't have to be this serious, Harry. <laughs> no, like, it's good. I'm just learning so much, and I'm thinking about like, what you're saying, and obviously I'm gonna uh, take it on take it on board. I guess this is more of a therapy session for me than a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's really not. It, you know, because look, we all learn through our own experiences, and for me to make something resonate with your listeners, it's easier if you and I use each other as examples. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, it's 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 all good. So I think the biggest thing with men once they break up with someone is they try and sleep with as many people as possible and they feel maybe this is just me but they then they feel they feel more pain later on like down the line like they really like yeah rebounds you're just kicking the can down the road for sure and then, and then you start feeling like i today i woke up and checked uh my ex's story and i was like fuck like i really miss that and that was like a year ago so how do you think that that's the right how how is the best way to go about trying to get over someone or trying to move forward with your life instead of sleeping with you're you guys are absolutely right it's emotional procrastination when we end a relationship we have to we have to 
have all the feels. We have to have all the feelings that go with that. We have to mourn it. It's a loss. And it's very tempting to distract yourself in some whatever way that is, whether it's with other people or by partying or, you know, overworking, over drinking, over this, over that. But you really are just, you basically, what you're doing is you're making the decision to have all that grief that you're not experiencing right now because you're distracting yourself with whatever it's going, you're, you're basically signing up for that to bite you in the ass at some unexpected future point. And I'm a control freak. Like I really like to be able to schedule when I'm going to have my nervous breakdowns. I like to know when I really do. I like to know when they're going to happen. So like, I, you know, I, Look, life happens. How, how do you I, schedule a nervous breakdown? Well, so for example, like I lost my mom in late September. She was elderly. We expected it. And I was like, mm, I can feel like the pull of work. Like that's my drug of choice. Work. I could just, I could just drown myself in my computer. I can create products. I can get more clients. I can start groups. I can do all, you know, get my next, my next big project going. And that, and it really lights me up passionately. I'm super passionate about what I do for a living, but I was like, A, my clients will know <laughs> because like I have to take a couple of days off for a loss in the family and I yeah. have to walk, walk the walk that I expect them to walk. I would never endorse them like diving into a project and not dealing with that grief. And B, I just didn't want it to bite me in the ass at some future point. I made myself every single day for, I want to say I did it for like 60 days, made myself just be by myself an hour a day. Like I would go on like crazy long walks every morning. I would wake up real early and just do it and think and feel all the feelings. And that's not to say that like, I'm not going to have moments of mourning, but I did not do with that shit what I historically would do, which is just jump into a project and and forget all about it because after all she was elderly and what is there really to mourn you know what i mean it's it's still a loss and even when in a relationship even if the two of you are fighting like so intensely that the breakup gives you some relief it's still a loss and so i personally just would rather deal with my stuff when i know that i that there is going to be stuff than I've tried that other thing. It's not worked for me. I've seen thousands of clients try to do it that way also. I've not seen it work out well. So I just really try, you know, when those unfortunate things happen, breakups or or losses of any sort, you know, sometimes you get fired or you lose a project. Sit and be in the moment before you jump into the next one. Right. And, and decide how you're going to do that. Because if you just say, oh, I'm going to grieve mindfully that, what's your plan yeah it's like how you, you know, working through it, that exactly what exactly are you going to do differently because if i'm left to my own devices if i don't have a structure around how i'm going to do that i'm going to slide right back into what's comfortable and for me what's comfortable is 16 hours a day of work Jeez. which is why my voice sounds like this <laughs> <laughs> talk and talk and talk <laughs> wow do you do you uh like sometimes you struggle to take your own advice because I'm the worst at taking my own advice. I'll give advice all day to my friends. But when it comes to me, like I'm a full on idiot. 
the way I get my, I, I, I play mind games with myself to get myself to follow my own advice. I have this, um, I imagine my clients being able to see it or my students being able to see how I'm behaving in the moment. And sometimes that's a shaming behavior, but you know what, if it course corrects me, I'll take it. Like whatever I need to do to get me, because the feedback that I give people, I, and look, I also have to cut myself slack as do you. You know, a dentist can't drill their own cavities. Sometimes I don't realize I'm being lazy in my relationship until after the fact or until I see the hurt look on her face and then I want to like put my head in the oven because I'm a relationship therapist. I should know better. And I do know better. And I'm like, how did you just hurt the woman you love more than anyone on earth? You know, like what is wrong with you? Um, but you have to cut yourself some slack because we are human. And right. like, you know, the, the, the it's just uh, unusual times that we're living through. How do you... How do you no notice the difference between love and lust? Like I, I think that a recently that question recently got brought up to me, and I didn't really know. I couldn't really put like a like a ah moment, you know, light bulb moment on on the difference. So I, I don't really know that how to define like what is lust and what is love. Well, the easiest way to rule it out is like if the sex isn't amazing, it's not going to be lust. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's like the dumbest way to rule it out is like, well, if the sex is not mind boggling, it's probably not lust. Once you rule that out, it's really time. It's really about time because lust is going to dissipate rather quickly. Lust doesn't last all that long. Right. But the second, you know, the, the, infatuation and the beginnings of love that is the stuff that will take you on that wave through that entire first part first stage of the relationship which is the honeymoon stage mm. if it's lust i mean have you ever found that lust you were interested more than three months i feel like all my relationships end after a week <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So they're all so, so exactly. So if they end after a week, then it's clearly not, first of all, you're not falling in love in a week. Well, you know, hey, <laughs> love maybe. at first sight. Okay, maybe you are. Maybe you are. I fall in love with everyone. Do you? <laughs> no, nah, I, I feel like I, uh, I think it's a quality time thing. Like when, when I'm spending, uh, you know, a lot of time with someone, I start to de develop feelings really quickly. And I'm like, what can I do to help this person? Or how can I add value to their life? Um, I, like, I, I do joke, though, like, I obviously have uh, been in a relationship longer than a week. But um, yeah, I think like, I don't know, I feel like I'm just a fun person to be around, I realized. So what we had Hannah Burner on, on, on our podcast, and I realized that I'm I'm always just having fun with myself. So I feel like whoever's like around me when I'm having fun, I just feel like they're a great time regardless because I'm always just enjoying myself. And then why does it end after a week? What are the what are the things that cause it to end? Oh <clears throat> I feel like you usually it's probably because it's just a very sexual relationship. You know, things are, are very heated. Uh, right away or they're just not mentally stimulating I found that one of the biggest things that I always talk about is I really want to find someone that has like a career and goals and like knows what they where they're going because I found like 
that a lot of situations that I've been getting in recently is very short-sighted. Like, and you know, I have a five-year vision of where I see myself going and the man I want to become. So I, I found that, you know, once I'm like, you know, talking to someone over dinner about like their goals and who they want to become, if it, if they, if they can't see past three months, I'm kind of just like, like this isn't going to work out. If you the dinner date, then we're probably not right for yeah, each other. Exactly. Exactly. Which is fine. Like I, I, I think it's fine if people just are more than happy doing, doing whatever. But for me, I just, I have to, I have to have a purpose and I have to know where I'm going. Cause I guess that's how I got to the point that I'm at. So I just want to keep moving forward. So is it problematic for you that they end after a week or is that okay? Um, I don't, I just think that, uh, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I really don't mind. Uh, cause it gives, gives you new lessons and you, you learn new things about yourself throughout, you know, the, those times. And, um, I guess it makes me value when I have a relationship a little bit more and value, uh, you know, having that special person. So I personally don't mind, but it also just leaves a, a lonely feeling, I guess. Yeah, no, that's so relatable. I think that I, I, I do think that I, first of all, I'm very happy to hear that you need to be mentally stimulated because the lust it fades, yeah. you know, you start to know each other's choreography and the minute you can predict that if there's not something deeper than that. So maybe that's the answer. If there's not something deeper than that, once at the point at which you can predict yeah. what, what the choreography in bed looks like, then it's going to be very clear that there's nothing else there. You, if you truly want to be in a relationship, you should maybe just date people for whom you know like from the beginning career is established right you know right i don't know what do you think yeah i i feel, I feel like that i kind of set myself up to be put in positions where like i know it's not gonna work out or i get too excited about something with someone that i know isn't in that five-year vision so I guess, I, I don't know, I, I feel like probably now, the point in my life, I probably, it's probably more distracting to have a relationship than, than being one. I, I feel like it's probably not the right time for me. But then again, like, it's always really good having that person. So I don't know, I guess I'm just a confused individual. You would like to be in a relationship, but you realize that your career has to be the priority right now, yeah. which leaves you a little lonely periodically. Of yeah? course, yeah. And I'm also yeah. celibate now as of Monday. So it's been a week. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, as of Monday, I literally, as of two hours ago, <laughs> I am now celibate. Yes. So why? Tell me why. Like it's been, you a, it's been a struggle. Um, no, so I, <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing a retreat at the end of the year, which is more, uh, it's just like a self-development retreat. So I'll have like no phone no cell phone, like no, no reception, nothing. And I'll kind of be on my own, like meditating, learning about myself. Uh, and this was one of the processes that they, it's like you have to cut out a lot of stuff in your diet, but this was like the biggest one. And they said that at my absolute max, I need to cut it out a week before. But I thought, you know what? Two weeks without coming or sex so you is- you can't even masturbate? No, I can't do that. And I was doing it twice a day before this. I know it's crazy. 
And wait, I'm fascinated. So uh, did you have to give up alcohol and like, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, I'm fully, that's, uh, yeah, fully like just focused on my, my brain and uh, who I want to become next year. How, how, so it's been since, so we're on day five. How's this been? Really good. He's developing superpowers. He's, <laughs> he hasn't come in a month. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. I have unlimited <laughs> yeah, work ethic and like, and, and are willpower. Are you like leading... You're leading the you're leading the the path. You're this is actually just independently. Path. We just have our, oh, our yeah, own we usually separate come together. reasons. Yeah. <laughs> I usually text him every time I come, say you're you're up. <laughs> um, I started. I I was just I just wanted to see like how how good I could feel, and I started doing it, and then I started looking at all these videos on sexual transmutation and listening to different podcasts about hormones and dopamine and all this stuff. And uh, since I've been doing it, I work out two times a day, seven days a week. I work morning to night. Like I'm dialed, like I'm, my diet's perfect. Like I'm so dialed in, it's insane. How's your sleep? Perfect. Wow. I sleep like literally, I, mean, I hit the pillow at midnight and I wake up at eight and it's like fully charged. You're like the poster child for celibacy. Yeah. Well, see, I, I'm the opposite. Well, sorry, are you calling tired. me ugly? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> exactly what I was meaning. <laughs> but I, so with this retreat as well, I have to cuff out, uh, cut out like coffee and stuff. So I, I've been uh, very sleepy like all week. It's been crazy. And I get up at 5 a.m. every day. So it's just. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, and how long is the retreat for? She asks as she sips her coffee. Well, it's, a, it's only for a week, but uh, it's just. I guess it's good because it, it gives me a reason to f hard stop everything. So I've fully cut off my roster, fully stopped drinking coffee, trying to you know do as much as possible to, I guess, start the new year on a on a clean slate. I don't think a week sounds like a short amount of time. I think that that's quite ambitious, and I really hope you tell me how the whole thing worked <laughs> out for you because um, I you know I think it's it's a radical. Uh, it's a radical game plan for people who want like really radical change in their life, yeah. you know, and, or, or want to accomplish, like, why did you choose to do this? Let me ask you that. Um, I feel like it was the right time. I had, uh, you know, one of our, one of our friends come on the podcast, uh, you know, a couple of weeks, probably a couple of months ago. And he was talking about how he did it, uh, this retreat. And then, I don't know. I, it kind of just seemed like the right time, like all the signs of the universe, like everything was kind of pointing me in this direction. And I'm like, well, I don't want to go get blackout drunk in Miami on New Year's like we did last time. I want to try and start the new year with like new ideas and maybe new goals and like a, a clear head instead of like waking up on the first and being like, oh, fuck, what did I do last night? So it's kind of just yeah. uh, I, w I wanted to do something a little bit different and try and move more with my purpose than getting getting drunk and doing something silly and yeah i love that i love that and you just might avoid covid while you're at it you know yeah yeah and Long chlamydia sense. so it's great right <laughs> the cc the cc are there, are there are there women on this uh retreat uh yes there is and one of the ladies is so hot we had a we had nice. a team 
say this should be a television show. This this retreat. No, it's literally. It is it's called Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> <laughs> no, so actually, we so we had to do like a team Skype, like team yeah. Zoom meeting, so everyone could like meet everyone and knows familiar faces. This one lady comes on. And I've never been so attracted to someone. Maybe that'll be your girlfriend. She at the had end an of it. accent. She had a feather in her hair. She, you know, could barely speak English. And I was just sitting there like, this is, I don't know, I don't know. I was like, I, I texted my manager. I was like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> what happens if you hook up with a participant? He loses like <laughs> money, starts here, and then it starts going down. <laughs> imagine no i uh i i'm not sure i'm not sure but i think it's just ingenuine to yourself to start doing that um plus i'm already flying a girl in the day after the retreat to to costa rica so we can hang out for a week so uh, yeah i i'm not too sure but yeah apparently uh, it's just it's more about your self-healing i guess yeah Yes, yeah, that's what I'm I've, trying to do. It, it. sounds really sounds fascinating and um, quite uh, n- like the discipline sounds epic. Yeah, I'm I'm doing my best. Well, I guess it's also just uh, I've overindulged uh, this past year in you know everything, caffeine, social life, all that stuff. So I, I feel like it's been it's a good reset to sit down and reflect more because I found that like. We don't really have much time. Like people don't really reflect and like think about themselves or like go on their brain. Like I've been trying to do float tanks like three times a week so I could kind of meditate a little bit more and have my phone away from me. And I I found that, you know, a lot of my friends, like they don't really give themselves time or even like, you know, girls, they don't really give themselves time to like hang out or take themselves on a date or take themselves to go get dinner or something like that. So I, I feel like it's a, for me, it's, a good step in the right direction to give me the luxury of like learning more about myself. That's super important. Have you ever, yeah, totally. Have you ever been in therapy? Uh, one time when I was in high school, cause my parents thought I was crazy cause I was blowing up toilets at the school <laughs> and then they tried to drug me or something. And then, uh, I, uh, ended up getting kicked out of school in Australia and going to a different country. Wow. Did you, were you sent to a, you were sent to a, like a therapeutic boarding school? No, 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 not a therapeutic boarding school. More like a rugby school. Cause they, they <laughs> thought I needed the shit kicked out of me and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, I mean, there's different ways of doing personal development. So this is an example of how people can have similar values and principles, but they look differently on each each of us. So for me, I like things paced. You like things in big piles, like this retreat, you're going to hit it hard. You're stop. you're, you're celibate for two weeks. You're off caffeine and drugs and alcohol and everything else. You can also give yourself that on a weekly basis, you know, that pause. Mm. If I guess what I'm trying to say to you is I would love to see you fold that into your everyday life so that when you get back from Costa Rica with the chick, um, you can employ some of the learnings into your everyday life. And life is like a hamster wheel. Like we get going and going and going. It's a hustle, especially if we're career oriented and you can blink and a decade passes and you're just like, 
I don't ever remember mindfully choosing to live here. Yeah. I don't ever mindfully choosing to be, you know, in this city, in this state for years or this career path or this, you know, I don't even know who I am. I don't reflect on that. And that's what my clients do every week. We pause, we reflect so that they are making mindful choices throughout, you know, the year. What what are my big questions about this past year as well? Like what is the biggest uh, issue that you've seen in dating for like through quarantine and, and stuff like that, that, that people are kind of facing? I think the last year, it would be a more interesting uh, comparison to look at the first year of the pandemic versus last year. I think last year, for, you know, my young adults have been like uh, very much of the mindset of um, frustrated with all the isolation, understandably, and very much wanting to get out and, and socialize. I mean, you just alluded to having a pretty hedonistic last year one that made you want to come, you know, completely detox everything out of you the last two weeks of the year going into this um, retreat. The first year, I I think the pandemic really, really impacted people. And, and what I see in general is that pandemic or no pandemic, we are identifying the wrong problems when dates don't work out. Right. We think we're picking the wrong partners. And truthfully, I don't think people, when you're the right partner, almost any partner can be right. Just like you manage to have fun with everyone you date, Harry, because you're fun. And right. so they just come into your orbit and start laughing with you. And of course you have a good time because you always have a good time, right? Yeah. So when you when you become the partner you want, you will organically attract and become attracted to people who are on a similar path to you. So oftentimes we externalize the problem and we see it as like it's a problem with whom I pick, it's a problem with, you know, the it I don't pick the right partners. And really it's about no the partner that you want is actually not ever going to be attracted to you because your behaviors, your lifestyle, I'm not talking about you. Um, yeah, don't align. <laughs> but maybe I am. <laughs> I, I, I started to myself and I was like, I think we need a disclaimer here, Darcy. Um, so yeah, it's like it, if the words out of your mouth don't align with the behaviors that you engage in on a daily basis, then you're not going to attract that person because she's not going to want to be with somebody who just wants to party. Right. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it. No, no, you're I, I really, I see the biggest problem as focusing on picking the right partner rather than becoming the right partner. So yeah. if that's the person you want, then I actually don't think it's a bad idea for you to take a step back as you're doing and really gain insight into what exactly you want the next 12 months to look like. And then the right partner is probably not going to be as demanding of your time and energy as somebody who is the wrong partner because the right partner is going to have their own stuff going on and their own career to tend to. 
they're not, you're not going to be the only part of their life. You're going to be like a, a, a piece of the pie in their overall life. My, another, another thing like, uh, and I think this is more so for the people listening. How do you prioritize like self love and like learning to take a step away from maybe a situation that isn't benefiting you or is super toxic? Let you know when I figure that out. I'm kidding. Um, give me a give me a specific like just just be a little bit more specific because I think it depends based on what part of your life we're talking about. Right. I think well, when maybe you're giving your energy so much to other people and you're a people pleaser and you want to continue to make people around you happy, but you're kind of feeling a little bit drained or a little bit deflated in yourself, but you don't really know how to like break away and, and make, like give yourself some self-love or like go get your nails done or, or something like that. Cause I know I do have a lot of people that always ask me or, or DM me like, Hey, how, like, how are you so happy? Like, how do you love yourself so much or, or whatever. And I guess I, I personally don't ha know the answer. Like I don't have a one shoe fits all type of answer. So maybe, maybe you would. <laughs> I, maybe I would. I mean, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. No, no problem. Um, I weigh in on lots of things that I don't really know the answers to. Um, the, I think knowing yourself is one of the greatest ways to not only succeed in relationships because your partner is going to need you to guide them right. on what you like and what you don't like. And if you don't know yourself well enough then you're like the blind leading the blind. Neither of you is going to have a clue about how to how to navigate a conflict. Um, what is important is knowing whether you're somebody, knowing where you are on the introvert extrovert spectrum. So extroverts refuel in the company of others. Introverts refuel and energize themselves in isolation by themselves in quiet time. And then there are people in the middle of the spectrum like me who like people and um, also need time alone. I think that we need to know where we land on the introvert extrovert spectrum. Again, it's all about getting to know yourself, which is why I'm a fan of people doing the stuff that you're doing. Yeah. When you know where you land, you then have to, you have to put it into your schedule or you're going to be miserable. So where do you land on the introvert extrovert spectrum? I think, I think what you said there was where, you know, you love people, but you also love being like, that's exactly the same as me. Like, oh, I get so much happiness out of going and seeing my friends and spending time with people, but I also love more than anything just hanging out in my room by myself and like thinking about things or or going and taking myself to lunch like for me like I get so much enjoyment out of just being alone but also being with people so if you're if you're a combo like you and I are then you need to budget that into your day you need time alone that's not just I mean you know, it depends on how you refuel. Are you able to refuel while you're like streaming something online? Or do you literally need to sit and think or write or read or go outside? Are you able to 
walk and think at the same time? Are you able to work out and think at the same time? Because if you're if you're just going through the motions of doing an activity, it's not giving you, it's probably not giving you the time that you need to refuel and recharge. Again, it, it really, I, I know it sounds overly simplistic, but the better you know yourself, the so even if you're like that, I personally need to be off my computer an hour a day. Right. And it's like, crying it's like trying a bottle out of a baby's hands yeah. like getting me to separate from my computer it is really really difficult for me and for my wife and so but i know that i'm going to have a computer hangover the next day i like literally get hangovers and i will not re feel refueled i will enter the next day feeling overextended, underfueled, and less tolerant of the bullshit that is life. Mm -hmm. And you can't ex can't go through life expecting things not to not to annoy you or not to be inconvenient because that is life. Yeah. That's stuff. So it you know understanding what you need. So what do you need to refuel in isolation? You tell me. I personally find so much value in being in nature and just going for a walk like and, and getting the sun on my skin i found that that's for me like whenever i feel any sort of doubt or any or i just need a break from anyone i just usually go for a walk which probably sounds like so boring for people but having music on and like taking my shirt off and like having the sun hit my skin i usually come back and i'm like i'm recharged like i'm ready to go i'm ready to attack the day or, or hit whatever problems I have for me. That's like the biggest, the biggest therapy is doing. Yeah. That. So you need sunshine. I mean, most people do, but knowing that you need sunshine, I also need sunshine. I, I, if I don't get indirect sunlight, at least a half hour a day, it's no good for me. I'm, I become vitamin D deficient and I, I just need the sun. I need the sun more than most people. So knowing that about yourself is so important because if you didn't know that about yourself, you might try and refuel in the house and it wouldn't do for you the same thing yeah. that going outside does. 100%. Well, where can everyone find you? I feel like I could ask you a million questions. I feel like this would get very personal very quick, but uh, I don't want to keep you too long, but where can everyone find you and uh, you know, if they need more? you know, more questions answered from you. So um, my website, askdrdarcy.com. Uh, people submit questions all the time. I, every week I publish a new blog where I answer a question that a writer submitted to me. And uh, on the social, you'll be able to connect with me on all the socials through the, through the website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the therapy session as well so i might i might have to see you privately <laughs> uh, you might have to be an actual client yeah i guess professional help <laughs> but no i just want to say thank you so much um and we'll have your socials and stuff linked down below as well so i uh, appreciate thank you, you so much for having me